Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Luke 153. I'm just going to focus on 53, if you would, tech team. Let's give our tech team in the back a big hand for making all this happen. Amen. All right. We're, we're done giving people's hands. Um, this is the word of the Lord for today, and I really feel like we should huddle our hearts around this, just because I, I know that my heart is fulfilled whenever I read this scripture and I began to dive into it. Can we dig a little bit here today? Is that all right? He hath filled the hungry with good things. Everyone say good things. And the rich he hath sent away, or sent empty away. I want to focus on he hath filled the hungry with good things. And I want to talk to you about a, a, a little while about the topic of those that hunger. Is that Okay. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, anoint the word. It's prepared for us. It's anointed already. But would you make it a meal suitable to us today? In Jesus' precious name. And if you will and agree, would you say amen? Amen. Uh, This message is for the person that has a heart that feels and longs for God. Have, Have you ever been in a place where you long for something that you could not have satisfied? Maybe you have a moment of reference to that. I don't know if you do or not. I, when I was a young boy growing up in Alaska, which is always a topic starter, <laughs> oh, what about the darkness all day long? I'm, every time I bring up Alaska, I have to tell that, no, we don't live in igloos, and no, we don't have Eskimo boots, and no, we don't. But I do always drop a few jokes about them because I want them to, you know, just lighten up. I'm like, do you know how an Eskimo fixes his house? And they're like, no, he glues it together. Yeah, yeah. A little bit cheesy, but, you know, cheesy sells sometimes in Wisconsin. (laughs) Oh, man, it's getting worse in here as we go. Let's pray and go home, my man. (laughs) So I had a friend who had, you know, a dad that worked at this nuclear power plant in Hawaii and he sent him money all the time, and he had all the nice stuff, and he had all the, you know, and he always had a new dirt bike, and always had an awesome four-wheeler, and, and you know, in Alaska, that's what you have as kids, is you just go ride on everything, and, and man, I was just like, man, if I had the clothes he had, if I had the stuff he had, then I would definitely have a girlfriend as pretty as he has, and I always just, I thought that it was the stuff, right, okay, so like, I thought if just the money and the stuff, that would make me popular at school like he is. And, and I was kind of blessed because I got to hang out by the popular guy just because we lived in the same neighborhood. And whenever he wanted someone to ride, he would come over and pick me up. Well, of course, he was a crazy man on a four-wheeler. So I, I you know, I, ha- I tore out an ACL because of this guy. <laughs> we, we, I mean, we were just, we would just go and ride. And I, I was a kid. I didn't understand the danger. But I just thought if I had his stuff or if I had what he had, then I could be like him. And the problem is... Most people in that kind of thinking, it's a little bit immature. I was young, I was 16 at the time, and and I didn't really have a good way to process life. And and I didn't understand that if you're not a person of substance, you'll never keep your stuff. Amen? doesn't matter how much stuff you get, you cannot keep it. Have you ever met somebody that can get a good job but can't keep it? They're they're a person that may be a good and intentional and well-meaning person, but they don't have the substance in themselves to hold on to 
to what they get a hold of. They can talk their way into it, but can't live their way through it. Amen? They don't have enough in themselves. So they have. what I found is I have to be hungry to be a person of substance. I have to be a person who is who knows who I am and what, what I am. And when I, I'm able to be what God wants me to be as I understood it as a child, then God would give me the things and the stuff that he wanted me to have in my life. Because stuff takes maintenance. Hello, somebody. You can wear yourself out with too much stuff. Amen? You can be absolutely exhausted because you have things that you have in your life that need maintenance. And so I started trusting God that if I could become the person that I needed to become, that God would fill me and fill my life with satisfying things. Hello, somebody. And so I realized that my hunger for God would produce in me the ability to be all he wanted me to be. So this sermon is for a person who's found themselves in that situation. Maybe there's an emptiness that can't be satisfied. And obviously there's places in our life where we all come to a void where we want more from something that it may not be able to give us. But we have to realize that if we give that thing that's unsatisfying to us to God, he will make something satisfying out of it. Because he works all things together for good. Anybody know that verse? Amen. So I, I wanted to talk to you for a little while about the fact that Jesus is not your junk food. Amen. He, he's not something that you come by and add like a salad bar and you just lay him over top of some of your of your meal. Or he's not salt and pepper you just say, season your life with. Jesus literally has to become something that you hunger for. And what happens whenever you learn how to hunger for the right things, then junk food is no longer appetizing. How many have an appetite for any of this stuff up here? Well, maybe on Netflix and chill night, but no, not unless, not unless people, I, I was walking through the, I was actually embarrassed yesterday buying all this stuff because I, I'm standing in Walmart and I've got all this stuff lined out in my cart to wait to the way I want it to look here. And I'm walking by people and they're like, whoa. Dude's going to put on some pounds. <laughs> I, was, I was embarrassed to buy all of this garbage food because there's no nutritional value. Yeah, sometimes you put it out at a picnic and, and then we, my wife and I were just going crazy laughing about, that's going to fall, but that's okay. Oh, it's not. See, I got skills. I kept it up there. I was just laughing about, who eats this stuff? But yeah, probably there's somebody in here that does. Yeah, I, I found the one person that does. Uh, it's a visitor. God bless you. You can go now. It's okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, man. Love you. Cheese. Who eats a thing full of cheese balls? There's, there's no nutritional. In fact, the nutritional value section is bigger. Is no bigger than an inch on the back because there just is no nutritional value in this. Plus the fact that you get Cheeto hands when you eat it. That's just horrible. But the fact that there's all of this stuff that we buy on a regular... Now, how many love some Cool Ranch Doritos? Who's going to be real with me? You know there's no good in these chips, but oh, do they taste so good. So that's good for snack night. And then there's, of course, Chewy Chips Ahoy, and you got Coca-Cola for friends. You know I prepared a long time for this illustration <laughs> when I got the friends bottle. I had to walk around looking for that. No, I'm just kidding. And then there's Whoppers, and I've got mints up here, and I got those wafers that melt in your mouth. Oh, anybody getting hungry right now? And Twizzlers, oh, Twizzlers. This is probably the best thing up here because it's sugar-free. And this thing, this is like cancer in a bag. I'm sure of it. It's just not even good for you. And, of course, then Pringles and some Mountain Dew um, that kills your kidneys. I, I don't know. Just all of this stuff we buy. And so I went through and I could buy all of this garbage food for about 30 bucks at Walmart. 
And you know, if you're going to go eat a healthy, good food, like, like solid nutritional food, you're going to pay $30 for one meal. But it's worth it because the food is the good is good valued food. It's so. What I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about the fact that some people look at their relationship with God like junk food, and it's not something that you literally hunger for all the time. When you really get hungry, I mean, like meat and potatoes hungry. I mean, like you need a really solid meal. You don't go to Walmart and stop at the junk food aisle to get a good meal. You stop at the grocery store. You stop at the market and you buy natural, healthy foods that can feed your body and give you the nutrients that you need to do what you need to do. And what happens is when we treat Jesus like junk food, we can't be the Christians that do what we need to do because there's no nutritional value in coming every single Sunday just to snack on Holy Ghost Doritos, amen, or just to snack on some Pringles from heaven. It's not like that with Jesus. And so we can't take him as just a relaxation thing or as just something that we chill with Christ. It's not like that. He is literally the nutritional value of our walk with God. And if you don't know what it's like to hunger, maybe you don't know what it's like to have ever had a true Holy Ghost filled meal from God where a preacher gets in a pulpit and he's preaching something that feeds your spiritual life so deeply that it converts you in areas of your thinking and you literally leave changed different than the way you came in. And that's not a bag of Doritos. That is God Almighty touching your spirit and feeding your soul with things that can change you. The sermon today is not for those that are easily quitting or will quit easy or those that give up easy. It's for the hungry. And when you're hungry, you will search out something that will nourish you. Amen. Somebody. It's not a take it or leave it kind of thing. This sermon is for those that are hungry for God. And yes, that's so much so that it will affect your tear ducts sometimes and you'll feel God's presence and a tear will seep out the side of your eye and you're not worried about your man card at the moment because you don't care about anybody seeing that tear fall down your face because his spirit is feeding your soul. Amen. Your sleeves get rolled up and you don't mind doing the work it takes to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto, the God, unto God. And it becomes a reasonable service to you. Even though Romans tells us that, we realize that it's not always reasonable sometimes in our minds how much it takes to walk with God. But whenever you understand that He is the only thing that can satisfy your soul, then living for Him as a living sacrifice becomes the only reasonable way for me to be full and fulfilled. Amen. He's holy and he's an acceptable God and he is consecrated and he is a God who is not only a God who wants us to live for him, but he's dedicated to us. He holds on to us more than we can hold on to him. So that's my story that even whenever I slipped from his grasp, it wasn't really me slipping from his grasp. I slipped from my grasp on him but he never let go of me. So we desire to go deeper in the things of God. And so when we do that, I, I feel like David's words really resonate to me because there is a lie that's propagated in our world today that God does not satisfy, that he's not enough. And guess what? I, I know this, that he, he, he even said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And David even said that I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He literally says, I've never seen the righteous starve. And so I've come to tell you that we have a soul-satisfying Savior.
We need to stop letting the enemy push us around. Let him just tell him to get lies out of our minds and let not let him intimidate our life in any way and stop letting him fight us down to the point where we don't have enough fight to fight back and get a strong desire for a hunger for God. We may be anemic because we're treating Jesus like junk food, but if we ever get a true understanding of how the word of God can feed us, you won't have to worry about hitting the snooze alarm three times because you'll hit it once and then you'll get up because you'll realize I have a date with a devotion that I need to spend time with my God because my spiritual man hungers for something more than even my physical man does. And so the Bible even says that the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. And we need to realize, brothers and sisters today, if I can call you that, that we have to nourish our spiritual man and that the satisfying of our soul literally brings a satisfaction to our life. And if you try to fill your life with stuff and satisfy your life, you will never truly satisfy your soul. But if you work on satisfying your soul, I feel God helping me right now. Thank you, Lord. If you work on satisfying your soul, your life will be satisfied. We get it backwards because everybody says you got to put the stuff in first to get satisfied. What are you driving? What are you wearing? Oh, this is Gucci. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. You know, I don't wear a suit to church because I want to impress anybody. But a long time ago, you wear whatever you want to church. I'm fine with that. Um, if you want to come casual, uh, this that's fine. I don't even. That's not something that's in my notes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not preaching on that right now. So come back later. We'll preach about that later. <laughs> but I wear a suit because it's like. I, I was in a family gathering this week and it reiterated to me the, the th- thought process behind that for me when it set in. And I was like, you know what? I don't mind dressing up for God. And the reason why that happened to me and the reason why I still wear a suit even though we're in a culture that comes to church and whatever they want to come to and I, I'm not preaching against that. That's not in my notes, like I said. But here's my point. And I'm laboring to get to the point. I apologize. My point is a family member said, well, I met my boyfriend and we met at this place, this establishment, and I liked him, but I didn't know if I liked him that much. But I noticed every night that we would meet there, he came better and better dressed. And then one night I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's for me. And she found out that he was cleaning himself up and trying to look nice because he wanted to impress her. And I'm not trying to impress the Lord because I I can't impress an amazing God like him. But you know what? She was impressed that he would try. And I want to impress the groom as we are the bride of Christ. I want to impress the groom sometimes. And I want to try to dress up. And I want to try to put in the effort. And so sometimes I wear a suit, not because I think you need to wear a suit all the time to church, but because I think that if he, if she was impressed by the man that dressed up to impress her, then maybe God would like it. Maybe he'd like it if I put in some time. Does that sound okay? Yeah. I don't know. That's, uh, that may be a little bit different. You maybe can't say amen to that, but I like to do the things that make him happy. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. And if it makes him happy for me to put in a little extra time, then I'll, I'll do that. So, how many have been to IHOP? You know IHOP? Oh, that's a good place. Whenever you get your pancakes for the first time, the angels sing a hallelujah chorus. Put that strawberry syrup on. See, you guys are all going to leave here starving today because this is a food meal. They have a slogan called Come Hungry. 
And, and you, don't, you don't make your entire marketing campaign come hungry unless you're able to satisfy those that show up hungry. Amen? Because that would be a problem. So the slogan states that, that if you come hungry, we literally will be able to satisfy you. They have enough confidence to do so. I want the same mindset when it comes to the house of God. That if you come hungry, you will leave satisfied. Amen? Jesus said, come unto me all ye that, are, that labor. This is a very interesting verse because so many of us have laborious jobs and we have weights and burdens. He said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. How many have ever hungered rest? Come on, you know, you go on vacation and you need a vacation from the vacation because you, you, you go to work on Monday and it takes you to Tuesday to kind of get back to the normal sink because it's just been such a busy week. I know what it's like to hunger for rest and, and maybe even hunger for a lighter burden sometimes in life. Have you ever been there? Where just the stress of life and things going on. I, this last couple of weeks, I've been developing, a, helping develop a, we have engineers and other people that are much smarter than me is what I'm trying to say, helping develop a mobile platform for something we're rolling out in my business and, and our business. And it's been such a weight on me. You know, it's like, a, it's, it's almost like your eyebrows get heavy. And I'm like, Lord, I don't really want to do all of this work outside of the church, you know? <laughs> I want I want to focus my life on you. I hunger for you. I hunger for a lighter burden so that I could give my life more to you because that's how I process life. And you know what? Sometimes God just comes to me and says, well, if you would pray about it, maybe I can make that burden lighter. Or if you'd seek me, I could give you the rest that you need. I've gone to bed exhausted before late in the night because we were doing things for God and just said, God, would you give me quick, quick sleep? Wake up four hours later, feel like I slept eight hours. Because he gives rest. Amen? So I'm preaching a Savior that's confident enough that he can say to us in, his, in the word, come all who are heavy laden and burdened and need rest, and he can satisfy our soul. Amen? Amen. I'm saying that because I know a satisfying Savior. Can I, can I just give you a little bit of scripture today? I know the enemy does attack. There's an enemy of our soul. I realize that, and I'm glad that there are things that I can hand off to God and just let him fight the fight. Amen? But I want to drink deeply of the rest that God has for me. I know that the enemy says, it says that he shall wear out the saints of the Most High in Isaiah 54 and 17. So I realize that in the last days, as we're proceeding toward maybe the, trump, the close trumpet sound of God where the church is taken out of the earth, I, I don't know what you believe about that, but if you can say amen to we're living in the last days, say amen. amen. And I know that we shall wear, that the enemy shall try to wear out the saints of the Most High. It says it right here. No weapons that are formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness. I don't know if I got that wrong. I must have. That's the next verse that I'm trying to hit is there's no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. I, I, I find in the scriptures that I, I believe these words and that I put them to pr into practice in my life. How many know you need an app for that? 
You need an application for what's being given. So let me jump to Isaiah 49.20, since my notes got a little bit funny. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. How many felt God's spirit enter in here today when we're talking about his strength for those that are weak? Amen. When we were singing that. In another translation of this verse, Isaiah 49 and 20, it actually says this. It says, he gives strength to the weary and increases power to the weak a power of the weak. In other words, when you're weak and you go to God, he'll increase power and increase power and keep increasing power until you have strength again. Don't let the world of the enemy ever sell you any kind of story or lie that's outside of the understanding of the word of God that says our faith is worth struggling for and that what we believe is worth having, amen? That you shouldn't let go of the things that God gives to you without a fight, amen? So I've come to tell somebody this is the best life to live. I believe it. Christian life, a holy life, a godly life, a life lived for God is the best life to live. So yes, I do have a fight down in my soul. I fight against culture that tries to change the understanding of who God is and what he is because in the Old Testament if he didn't like it he says I changed not so in our life in our time he doesn't like it if it, he if you ever find in the word of God he didn't like it then he still doesn't like it today man so the full feelings that I have in my life are simply because he is a fulfilling God. I promise you that his promises are true. Matthew 5 and 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Anybody ever have a hunger and a thirst after righteousness? For they shall be filled. Everyone say filled. It's a promise. You're... Your most fulfilling life is found in the one who can most fill you full of good things. So my scripture text, we get back to that he fills us with good things, not, not things that are okay, not things that are, yeah, I kind of like that, but literally good things. And one translation says, how blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness because it is they who will be satisfied. Everyone say satisfied. That's what I want you to leave here today with. Not that Jesus is not going to be my junk food anymore. I'm not going to stop off on Sunday, punch a card, and I'm not saying anyone's doing that, but I'm just saying you don't want to have that mindset because he needs to be your nutritional value. He needs to be the place where you get your nourishment for your spiritual man because the outer man perishes. You got to put, a, you got to put all kinds of stuff on to keep this outer man looking good, amen? But if you, if you understand that your spiritual man is renewed day by day, the scripture says, then you will put more emphasis in getting a good meal from God and spending time in his presence so that he can nourish you. And I feel like preaching right now. I don't know if that's okay with you, but if the Savior can satisfy the penalty of sin at Calvary, then he can satisfy the longing of your soul. I'm going to trust him in my marriage, in my mortgage, in my mission of life, because I, if he can handle the sin of my life, then he can handle satisfying my life. Amen. I turn to him for everything because someone who can handle sin can handle me. Amen? All of my mess. Some days I told Nate this week, we were texting, he's like, man, I'm glad you're a pastor who's real. I said, bro, some days I get through life with, I get through the day with super glue and a prayer. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I make all kinds of mistakes. One, one week, I think I got all this stuff handled because my, see, your flesh doesn't get saved. Your spirit and your soul get saved, but your flesh is always bent. It's a little turnt. Amen? Turnt, is that okay? Can I use that word in church? <laughs> 
It's a little, it's a little bent. It wants to go toward that, that thing that, that Paul said, I, when I step out to do what's good and what's right, my flesh gets in the way, amen? So sometimes there's some things that I, I got all handled, you know, the flesh. I got it all under control this week, but then anger tries to rise up over here. And I got all that con- under control, but there's something else going on. And so I promise you this, that I'm not preaching to you as someone who has apprehended, but I am preaching like Paul said, that I am trying to apprehend that which I was apprehended for. That literally, I'm trying to find a place of satisfaction in God so I won't seek after things that can't satisfy and destroy the potential of my life destiny. Amen? So because if I don't reach for the things that can damage me and the things that are junk food in my life and I let him nourish my soul, then literally he sets me on the path of righteousness for his name's sake, as the scripture says. And so then whenever I get to the point where I get nourished in my soul and I'm moving on the right path with God, then literally every step I take, I'm like, His name is glorified in me. His namesake is glorified in me. I carry the name of Jesus on my life because I'm not reaching for the junk food anymore. I'm reaching for that which nourishes my soul. And because my soul is nourished, my sins are, are saved. I'm saved from sin and I'm satisfied in Him. Amen. 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 We know He can satisfy my soul. Our soul. Is it okay if I take five more minutes? You got five minutes? I just want to. I just want to give you something that can. I, I, I want to just teach this quick. When Jesus stepped into the wilderness, he could have reached for the junk food. Amen. The devil came to him and said, "Make this stone into bread. You're hungry. Go ahead, eat. It's quick. It's fast. You can get it in five minutes at Walmart." He's like, "Just, just go ahead, take and eat." And the devil tempts him three times, but the scripture tells us that the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Have you ever been led into a dry place? Have you ever felt like you were just in the Sahara Desert, hogtied, waiting for God to show up? Jesus, please, get here. Sometimes that happens, and we think that it's all that it's all the enemy or the attack of the devil. No, sometimes the Spirit of God will lead you into the wilderness because there's something that grows in our character when we handle adversity that cannot grow had it not been for our trust in God through the adversity. And we would not trust God at the level that we trust him now had we not been through some previous battles. Amen? So I want you to know that Jesus exemplifies this in Luke 4. It says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan. This, I'm closing here. I'm going to wrap it down. But this, if you hear this, this will, this will take you through the week. I promise you that. This will bless you. It will bless you. And was led by the Spirit into the wilderness 40 days, tempted of the devil. And, the, and in those days he did eat nothing. Everyone say nothing. He's hungry. He's hungry. And when, he, when they were ended, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God. He said, If you be the Son of God, he questions his character. Hello, somebody. It's often when you find a spiritual attack that you'll get your character attacked first. I don't think you're a good enough Christian. See, you're not, you're not able to live that. You're not able to have enough faith. You think all these other people, they can believe it, but it's just not working for you. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had the enemy come and attack your character as a Christian? That's the first attack he will do. He'll say, if thou be, then do. In other words, he'll try to create your identity in, out of something else than the nourishing relationship that you have with God. 
in the identity that we take on with Jesus Christ in baptism. When we're baptized and buried with Christ, we put on his name. It's the gospel, death, burial, resurrection, repentance, water baptism, and filling of God's spirit. If we put on his name, then we understand that when we walk in his name and we're satisfied in that, that he literally allows us to take on the identity of Christ. And we are Christ ambassadors to the world. We represent him, amen? So because we represent him, the enemy will attack that because we're image bearers of Christ in this world. He doesn't want us to bear the image of Christ. He doesn't want us to show the world who Jesus truly is by the love we show to others and the care we show for those that shouldn't be cared for and those that curse us, we love them and care for them and those that despitefully use us, the scripture says, we come and we say, you know, that's all right, but hey, I see you need some help at home. Can I come over and mow your lawn? Hey, can I come over and do something for you? When we show Christ like that the enemy hates it he despises that and so he's attacking Jesus and it gives us an example that he says if you just take your identity from something other than what you are right now you are the son of God but if as the son of God if I can get you to focus your identity off onto something else then you can never be satisfied in your life here's how I know this because he literally changes him and and says if you will if you be the son of God, then do something. In other words, he tries to change his identity to performance-based identity. He cannot be satisfied with performance-based identity. Amen. She's going to pray for a little while right now, so that's what she's doing. She's just weeping before the Lord. In a small church, that happens, and everybody turns and looks, and you take a moment, and you pause, and you take the baby out. <clears throat> Oh. Okay, so three things quickly. Number one, the first attack, he tries to create, he tries to have Jesus maintain his identity through performance-based identity, which is to be satisfied with the fact that he's doing something. Some people have a lifestyle like that. Well, look at all I've done. I'm, I must be happy. I must be satisfied. But you can't be satisfied on a performance-based identity. Amen? The second thing he attacks him over is he attacks him and he says, if thou be again, the second time, and he says, if thou be, then do. He's tr constantly trying to get him to change what he's doing. And I can't read through all of it for you because it's it's it takes some time, but... He takes him up to the Temple Mount. He takes him to a place and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, and, and the, on this high mountain as they're standing there, he says, Jesus, if you'll just worship me, I'll give you all of this. He didn't realize he already owned all that. That's kind of stupid. Way to go. Way to go, devil. You're a dope. Way to go, bud. I'll give you all of this. And so he tried to, number one, have him have a, performance-based identity. Jesus, if, if you are who you say you are, then do something about it. He tried to change him from the I am to the I do. Hello, somebody, if you know your Bible. Second is, if thou be, it's because of what you have. See, I'll give you all of this stuff, and because of what you have, then you'll be satisfied. Same thing I tried to talk about when I first started about stuff. He literally created the idea that if you have a possession-based identity, you'll be happy. That can't satisfy you either. That's just junk food, amen? It's nice to have good things. Don't get me wrong, I'm not preaching against possessions. God gives us great things. But 
that will not satisfy you. So literally materialism, the world is saturated with materialism. I must be great because I have a big house. I must be great because I have a nice car. I must be great because I have money. I must be great because I'm pretty or handsome. It will not satisfy a man. And then, so he tried to change him from the I am to what I have. And that can't satisfy. And then in verse 9, if you'll get verse 9 for me. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, put him up on top of the temple, and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, if thou be, everyone say be. be. Because in order for God, the son of God to be changed, he had to move his identity off of what he was, but he was already the son of God, obviously. Cast thou self down from hence. Go to the next verse. For it is written, he shall give, notice that the devil knows the Bible. Hello, somebody. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. What he was doing in this position in the third attack on Jesus was he was trying to get him to be popularity-based because they never accepted him in Jerusalem. So he took him to the temple and said, why don't you show them who you really are? Cast yourself down. Angels will pick you up. Then everybody in Jerusalem will see you. You'll be popular, and you'll be satisfied on your popularity. You can't be satisfied on your popularity, amen? You can't be satisfied on your performance, and you can't be satisfied, amen, on your possessions. So those are the three things that I wanted to give you today. I hope that helps you. Now, whenever you go into your next week, don't be like, I'm not washing my car because I'm not satisfied with my possessions. I'm not going to do a very good job at work because I'm not satisfied with my popularity. <laughs> I don't have to do good at all any of this stuff. I got Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's dance. <laughs> no, it's not that you have Jesus so you can let everything fall apart. It's you have Jesus to help you hold everything together. Amen. Because things constantly try to fall apart. And so if you know who you are, you can, in being who God wants you to be, you can do what you need to do. And therefore, by having substance and knowing who he is, you can be who you need to be and do what you need to do. Amen? Amen. All right, let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I'm thankful for this group of wonderful people here today. They've been so attentive to all my jokes, and they've been available in their heart for the Word of God. So I ask that it be sown in a deep place. Would you bow your heads with me? Bring the lights down. I just want to have this Word sowed in a deep place right now. Jesus, would you sow this Word in a deep place in our hearts so that as we carry on the rest of the week, we don't just carry on, but we carry you. Help us to be an ambassador of you in this world. I know there's people that are not going to like that, Jesus. In fact, the spirit of this age will not like it. We will see attacks, but every one of us can put on the whole armor of God and stand. Amen. So I pray that you would give this, this body of believers, these folks that are here today, give them strength, I pray in Jesus' name. Give them hope. Give them joy. Give them help, Lord Jesus. Take us home safely. Give us the ability to say in our lives that we are who we are because you are who you are, Jesus. That we don't get our identity from what we own. We don't get our identity from where we go and the popular places that we we visit. And we don't get our identity by who likes us on Facebook or who follows us on Twitter. It's not in popularity, but it's in the person of Jesus Christ that we find the greatest satisfaction. Help us today to take this word and live it. And everyone said in Jesus' name.
God bless you. Take a moment and pray if you need to. If you need to go, God bless you. I pray that your faith is is strengthened and enlightened. And I pray that God gives us grace and peace. In Jesus' name. God bless you as you find a moment to pray. Jesus.